Welcome back to the Buildwood Internal Podcast. As always, I'm Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Howdy. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever time it is. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good day. We are here with some fresh questions. So fresh. From the team. Uh, so fresh that Alex is currently wearing sunglasses right now. I am. I walked in here and I was sitting here and eventually I realized I'm like, I'm still wearing my sunglasses, but I'm setting the right vibe for myself. So I'm going to keep them on. Yeah. That's, that's how fresh these, these questions are. Yeah. And this episode is going to be so, so yeah, I, I would just uh, encourage everybody to fasten their seatbelts, maybe put their hard hats on because I, I don't even know what the questions are, but they sound pretty good. Oh, they're good. Um, do we have any, anything we need to discuss as far as the team, we probably should have planned ahead for that. I, I f- uh, we have some new hires. We do. But I don't know if they're coming on now. But like we don't know if they're coming on, period? Or No, 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 no. I just don't know when they come on. Got and it, I would it. prefer to welcome them upon their Once welcome they're week. already here. We'll, we'll, yeah. We need to coordinate with Jake Schmidtline. Yep. We'll get, we'll get the exact dates. I don't think they're starting because I think just this week I got some notifications that we were adding people like they just like signed a um, letter of intent or whatever. Yeah. We, yeah, we've, we've, we hired, I think three or four this week. Um, so yeah. So Mr. Jake Schmidtline, if you could reach out to dirt talk at buildwith.com, drop us a note. Let's coordinate with you so that the next episode is a lot more refined and well thought out. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 But until then, we have questions. We've got questions. Okay, great. Let's do it. I do want to say one thing. I have been enjoying the interviews with people. I listened to Chell's, Angel's, and Clay's the other day. Pretty good. I've very much been enjoying those. Yeah. I think they're good for like, well, I mean, basically the in, the onboarding process is now going to be like, listen to 20 hours worth of podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen We'll figure there. that out. But We might have to have like a podcast menu. For the new hires, and then after that is extra credit. Um, but yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of content there. Yeah, which but I think that's good. I think put good information out for the team. They can listen to it or not listen to it. But I think there's good stuff happening in the podcast world of Buildwit. I've enjoyed it, and then I also want to give uh, Chell Gerber a shout out for acknowledging the internal podcast episodes. Um, so thank you, Chell, for listening. Because as far as I'm concerned, you're the only one that's. <laughs> given me any feedback about these. Yeah. Chell said a couple of nice things on and off the mic, which I was very pleased by. That's great. He's a good guy. Thank you, Chell. Um, all right. First question from Narisa. She said, hi, Alex. Here's a question that came to mind. Would Aaron be willing to participate in a career day at a local elementary school so young kids can learn more about the dirt world? I, I absolutely would. Uh, I don't know what the status of career days currently are. That's true. Um, I think that might that might be a kind of a, a 2019 thing. Um, that's I I would really love to do that. The interesting thing about this though is that I've never really viewed it as my responsibility. If that makes sense, I've always viewed it as okay. My responsibility is to get as many people fired up about this industry as possible using the tools I have, social media, the podcast, YouTube, whatever we can to just get people stoked on it. And YouTube's actually the most exciting one as far as small children are concerned Mm -hmm. because I get pictures and videos of parents 
watching our YouTube videos with their children all the time. And Matt Briscoe, this is probably a good reminder to maybe make the YouTube videos family friendly. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you're going to love the second half of this question then. From okay. Melissa. So, so, but that's, that's how I viewed it is I need to get people fired up as many people fired up as I can using the tools I have available to sure. me. And, you know, time is limited. So I could only reach so many schools and do, I eventually want to create a facility in which we can have children out that can experience the industry hands-on in Nashville, 110%. I really, I'm so excited for that day to come. Um, but but from a, an individual school level, I think that's where we need to get our partners more on board. Yeah. And getting their people out into their communities that they help build to inspire the next generation in a more hands-on way. So that's how I see it is. I, I see our role as big picture, reaching as many people as possible, helping our partners go out into the communities and inspire their communities, inspire kids to think about the industry as a career, inspire parents to think about the industry as a career for their children or as a career just in general. Yeah, for themselves. And then down the road, create a really beautiful place and experience in Nashville for anybody to experience the industry hands-on in a safe setting. Yeah. Um, the second half of Narisa's question says, a neat idea, let me say it again, a neat idea. A neat idea is to create video content that could be shared with younger kids that teachers can use to learn more about the dirt world, um, possibly a coloring book, things like that. Yeah, and that's that seems to be more like in our wheelhouse in terms of like impact. Correct. Yeah, I, I still remember some of the heavy equipment shows I would watch as a child, like Mighty Machines, mm -hmm. or like Dave. I, w I used to watch Dave and Becky. Uh, they were they were just a great. I think they might even. Uh, I don't know if I want to say they're a couple or not. I might get too controversial sure, on, sure, on sure, Dave sure. and Becky, but. Um, they, they, you know, would go look at monster trucks and excavators and all sorts of fun stuff. And I was just so fired up about this stuff. And there's not anything all that great there. So I don't see why we can't do that in the future. I I, I really want to do that yeah. down the road. And and I, I would love Chell and I were just shooting the shit up the other day about creating children's books. I think that is very much on the table. I think we can do a lot to inspire that next generation using the tools we have. Um, that we haven't really done yet. Yeah. Um, but soon, that's a great question and something I, I, I'm very excited to have happen in the not-so-distant future. Yeah. Awesome. Next question. I'll, the uh, rest of the questions will be unanimous. 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 Anonymous. <laughs> anonymous. That would be the word. They're unanimously anonymous. They're unanimously anonymous. Why did we buy a skid steer when we're tight on money? I put tight in quotes. That's a, a fantastic question. Um, so the nice thing about skid steer is you can finance the entire thing for a very, very low interest rate. So we just got the machine. So just pure, purely from a financial standpoint, we got the machine at a significantly discounted rate from Thompson. We're financing the machine. And then in two years, we're putting very few hours on it, most likely. So we'll probably sell the machine for almost identical for what we bought it for. Um, and so maybe it'll cost a few thousand a year to have this machine. So yeah, it's a $60,000 machine, but it actually helps us out from 
a depreciation standpoint because we can depreciate that machine down. Yeah. We can sell it for damn near what we bought it for, if not what we bought it for. And so that's that's where I would go from a financial standpoint is uh and 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 one more thing, it it helps from a, a balance sheet perspective. So the more we can borrow, um, the stronger we look from a, a credit perspective, uh, from a banking perspective, from a balance sheet perspective. We we want some assets on our balance sheet. It helps our business um, financially from a, like a banking perspective and that kind of thing. Now, so that's that's the that's the dollars. So from the dollar side, it it pencils out extraordinarily well. Two, I just wanted a fucking skid steer. Sure. <laughs> and I've been, one. I've been told I don't need to defend decisions like that. I feel like I still need to, and especially to our team. I don't want to be this irrational guy that's just running off and doing whatever the hell he wants. But but yeah, I just wanted a damn machine. I've wanted one since I was a small child. I've been working my ass off for many years now, many years before BuildWit, and now for BuildWit, seven days a week, nonstop. I haven't stopped working since I started the company, and I don't make all that much money. I don't know if I talk about that publicly, my, I don't make a whole lot of money right now. And that's kind of like a, a, it's kind of like a reward for busting my ass for so many years. Like, wow, I can finally go get a machine for me. Yeah. And just to go spend a Sunday in um, and just have a little bit of therapy and just, it's, you know, running a piece of equipment is one of the most calming things I can do for, for myself personally. And it's always been so frustrating because I have to depend on others to run equipment because it's not my equipment. You always have to ask like, hey, is this cool? Does yeah. this and slow then, down your day? Yeah, and then I'm always like, I, I can't just freely just operate that piece of equipment, let my mind wander and just relax. And now that I have a machine, I can quite literally use it for in a therapeutic sense mm-hmm. and and calm myself down. So, so that is the personal reason so we got financial, we got personal, now business. The key differentiator for our business is our ability to speak the language. Does another, I don't know if we're going head to head with a big marketing agency, do they have a machine? No, they don't have a machine. We own a machine. What does that do for our brand? I, I'll show you the, I don't know, probably 500 comments I have on my phone right now from me picking up the machine the other day at Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. I've changed the entire conversation with Caterpillar. Now I'm not just some jackass telling them how to st- tell stories more effectively. You're not a fanboy at this point. I'm a customer. Yeah. Now Caterpillar has to listen to us. So it gives us way more credibility with Caterpillar. It gives us way more credibility with our partners. It gives us way more credibility with the industry as a whole. And people are talking about us because of it. There's a lot of value there in it. And then now we have a machine. So for onboarding, why don't why isn't that part of onboarding? Stick someone in the skid steer. Let them have fun. Experience experience that machine for themselves. That's awesome. We can start working on training videos. We can start testing different concepts with with what we want to do from a training perspective and um, the eventual training facility that I touched on uh, earlier. Now we have a machine to start testing stuff out with having without having to rely on anybody else. So there's a lot of very solid sound yeah. business reasons for it. Um, and that's, that's where it is. It's, it makes sense financially. It makes sense for me personally, and it makes extraordinary sense to the business as a whole. Where are you going to keep it? Um, probably in my backyard right now. Cool. I haven't figured that out yet. And then in the whole tight on money thing too, we're, we're tight on money because we're in a heavy investment period right now, but 
I mean, even the conversation is going to be different six months from now. Yeah. Once leaders kick in, once the platform's well underway, once the partnerships started to shake out with these big contracts. So if we were truly tight on money, I would not have went and financed a skid steer. Yeah, it's just a different type of quote unquote budgeting. You know, it's like you said, we're in a heavy investment period. Um, we have access to making great money and continuing to bring in that revenue, but that's like not what our goal is for this like quarter of the year or half of the year or whatever we're saying, right? No, like I like yesterday I had lunch with the head of uh, North American retail for Caterpillar. And he was asking me, he spent an hour asking me questions and writing down notes. That's because I'm a customer now. Like just how many, how much does that work? Maybe the skister costs us five grand for the next two years. If we go get one single project with Caterpillar over the next two years, it'll definitely pay more than $5,000. Uh, it'll, <laughs> it'll pay more than $5,000. Yeah. Um, and eventually we're going to have an enormous fleet of equipment for training purposes. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see the finished product um, of the official build with skid steer. It's going to be I'm, beautiful. I'm pumped. Yeah, I am pumped. I hope that you drive around with it just like in a trailer all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Go on a date, pick up, pick up my date. Okay. Hey baby, you want to, you want to ride in the skid steer? Like, or you want to ride up here in the cab? Sorry. I just, I just got off a really, really <laughs> long day. Just, working out there all day in the fields and uh, meant to drop it off before, but you can, you can pick up your date in the skid steer, just like drive up in the yard, turn around. Yeah. Be like, hop in. Um, Well, thanks for talking about the skid steer. Does that make sense? I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think you've talked about a lot of those pieces over, you know, the last six months or however long the official process of that has started. Um, But I, I don't, I sit that, Conversation has certainly not been comprehensive in the way you just talked about it right now. I have I have not made a single very large financial decision or even a single financial decision without the bigger picture in mind and without the company's best interest in mind. So it's like the office to the outside world probably appeal appears as very excessive, but it's extraordinarily well thought out and deliberate and very calculated. Yep. The skid steer, very calculated. My truck, very calculated. Like your other truck, very calculated. <laughs> the other truck, very calculated. There's like the trucks, for example, to make us money and give us credibility. That's well beyond what we pay to have those things. There are people who text me that I have not told that I work at BuildWit who have seen like my LinkedIn status who say, I just saw a BuildWit truck driving around Nashville. I'm like, huh? There's value to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned it last week, like an actual friend, actually his name's Adam Long, who has worked on some uh, design projects for BuildWit, um, who he had texted me last week saying, I saw Aaron on Shelby. But I've seen people that I don't really talk to, who they'll text me and say, you work for BuildWit, right? And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, I just saw a BuildWit truck. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, next. This is a question that I know the answer to. And I think probably a lot of people know parts of this answer, but if you just could like talk about it real quick, I think it would be valuable for the team. Who is Randy and why did you decide to work with him versus the other partners from like an investment and advisory standpoint? It's a great question. So we, in January, Dan and I, we were discussing the year and where we wanted to go. And there's a lot of opportunity and to seize opportunity, you need capital. And so we'd cash flowed the business for three years without any external financing, any partners, any banking relationship, nothing for, for three years in business. And ask any business owner, the first three years, 
it's 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 brutal to cash flow a business like that. And and it in theory it's in, it's it's not possible. And we did it thanks to our partners. Yep. It wasn't our genius. It was really our partners that got us through the first three years. But it just got to a point where we needed external capital to accelerate the growth. And could we have kept going without it? Sure. Our business was sound and is sound, but to really grow and any company that has really grown has taken external capital. That's how companies grow. Um, so we, we knew we needed capital. So we, we kind of sketched it out about how much we needed. And we think we thought we needed about four to 5 million. So we went to Randy in January when we were there for the partner meeting and we laid out our plan to mm-hmm. just get his opinion on it. Yeah. We were not seeking investment from Randy and we had known he just sold blunt. So that had happened before it closed this conversation. Your end. Okay. Yes. Um, and he basically said, you know, what if I put the money up without anybody else? You're like, huh? <laughs> and, and we, huh? And then, you know, what if I don't just put the money up, but what if I actually help you guys think more like your partners? And what if I bring my skill set to the table? And what if I help advise the business and potentially long-term grow into a more, um, a much bigger role in the business? And that got Dan and I really thinking. So we left that conversation like, okay, we think this might be the way to go. We still laid out our plan for the greater partners. Uh, we had quite a bit of interest in from other partners in you know helping us with capital. But ultimately, we went with one individual, Randy, because one, we could get the capital we needed from one individual, which makes it a lot simpler. There's not as much back and forth there. Um, two, you know, the, the terms of our agreement were favorable for both parties. So that worked out. Three, he's in this transitional period. He's young. He gets it. If you've worked with Blunt, you'll understand that it's an extraordinarily impressive business and he's extraordinarily brilliant. So having that skill set is very valuable to our business. He's good at stuff that Dan and I are not good at. He's much more detail oriented, much more in the weeds when it comes to data and finances. And he's extraordinarily analytical. And I'm not like that. Dan's not like that. So he provides a skill set that I'm lacking and Dan's lacking that complements our existing skill sets extraordinarily well. And he brings to the table the mindset of a partner, mm-hmm. of a contractor. And that is invaluable. To have that now inside of our business is extraordinary. Um, now we've had to you know, we've had a lot of back and forth as far as like, you know, I know Randy, you're thinking about this financially from a contractor's perspective and we're not a contractor. Like the three X, you know, develop three X principle. It's like an operator is only worth so much and economics dictate what you can pay them hourly. Whereas our business really is not tied to that as much. So there are ways that it's not aligned, but big picture, it's extraordinarily valuable to have someone that has that background to have just Randy as an individual, even if he didn't have the background, he is way over a three X person yep. and has a skill set that I just I completely lack, and that's extraordinarily valuable to the business long term, I believe. So that's why we partnered with him. Is he he brought in the capital we needed to grow aggressively, 
he his his goals are aligned with ours. He's not just trying to yield a return on investment. He's extraordinarily interested in the success of our business long term. He's advising our business as we speak, and you guys have seen his his hand moving throughout the business a little bit now. And within the next year or two, he's going to grow into a much more substantial role. Um, we haven't talked about that externally, and we won't talk about that externally until it happens. But just internally, we know that that he'll eventually grow into a much more substantial role, which is, it's a big deal for us. Um, so that's, I think, how I can best explain that one. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about recently about Randy is that because of the nature that he took over his family business at such a young age, um, that he has, you know, he, he basically ran that company for 15 years. And he's just like in his mid to late thirties. Yeah. So he has the like real um, long experience of a running um, a company in the dirt world, as well as being young enough to have like a whole nother career in front of him in terms of you know how does he want to pivot now that he's sold this business that I think would would be really really hard to find find somebody who has both those things. Um, and so, I don't know, he's, Randy's awesome. Um, I'm very pro all things that he works on with us. Yeah, me and Dan, I mean, it was not a willy-nilly decision and we weren't like desperate for capital and oh my, holy shit, he's, gonna, he's about to write us the whole check. Great, let's do it. Um, this was very well thought out and Dan and I are both extremely excited to have him involved in the business. And, and so that's where we're going is, you know, it's, it's, it's myself, it's Dan, it's, it's Randy. And we're largely leading the greater organization in that build with management company and here to help out all the other companies grow the dirt world and accomplish our mission. Yep. Um, the first thing I ever knew about Randy, well, the second thing, first thing I ever knew about Randy is that uh, Blunt paints all of their machines. Mm-hmm. Second thing I really knew about him was after the uh, roundtable in Arizona in January. Was that January? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lori mentioned that when he spoke, everybody was blown away. Like all the other partner leaders were like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. He's extraordinarily shrewd and, and savvy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just have to talk to him once and you're like, Okay. Yep. Got it. <laughs> yep. This guy is is pretty damn smart. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the internal podcast Dan, Randy, and I did, or uh, Randy's podcast on Dirt Talk, his interview and his life story, I highly recommend you listen to it. Then those go; those two episodes go really well together. Listening to them like as like one piece yeah. because it's you get like the external story and then the internal story. Correct. And um, I think that really sets a picture of what Randy's experience is prior to BuildWit and to, to working with BuildWit, as well as w- where we're going as a company and the real value that he's going to bring. Yeah. Sick. Um, well, I'll, I'll call it there. I think we had uh, three really strong questions, I think, that provided some good uh, value to the team. Good. Um, yeah, and if you still don't understand the skid steer, let me know and we'll get you in it. For and then 15, you'll know 20 for sure. minutes, and then you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you haven't run a skid steer, you probably don't get it until you do it, and then you're like, "All right, I get it now. I totally get it." Um, and that I, I guess going back to that too, it's like 
I would have financed it personally, but it helps the business to have it through the business. Yeah, that would that, that, that would have been in motion personally. either way. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was going to happen either way. Um, and I'm going to have a lot more equipment personally down the road too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the beginning. Oh, oh okay. Uh, those were great questions. I'm I'm really. I'm really enjoying this. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah, this is this is going to open up an entirely new level of communication for our business, um, and and hopefully we can have some guests on maybe even this podcast, like Dan. Yeah, I was thinking, why not? Why don't we have Dan in every once in a while? Or I think especially Randy. once we have the new office, it'd be really really easy. Yeah, to be like, hey, you mentioned you had a question, just come ask it. Come yeah. be a part of that conversation. It, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities, and um, if you guys have any ideas. For additional content you want to hear on this weekly internal podcast, please let us know because we're not just doing this for fun. We're doing this to benefit the business as a whole. Yeah. And it's really now like a podcast feed that has multiple kinds of podcasts on it, which is pretty cool. We've got the the interview podcast with the team. Yep. Um, the next podcast coming out is with Mr. Chase. Oh, nice. It's just going to be, it was great. It was so fun catching up with him and, and hearing his story and um, that y'all are going to love it. Um, but so there's that. There's the intermittent um, like subject podcast where you like the last one you did was trust yeah. about trust. Yeah. Um, we've had one about travel. We've had partners. We've had a, a bunch of those and those will just continue to come as it feels right to record them as well as this weekly internal questions podcast. Yeah. So I think that's really exciting that we're, we're finding ways to communicate, finding ways to hopefully bring the team real value. And the exciting thing about this too is, you know, I've been worried about, should we go back and look at the internal podcast and make sure they're not too dated? But it's also cool to have people see our progression over the past few months and over the past year. Mm -hmm. And so they, wow, okay, they were thinking this and now they're thinking this. And now they said, okay, they totally screwed up and they're thinking this that provides a lot more value than getting rid of the older episodes that don't necessarily align with the now. Like we have an episode that's about time tracking and then I came on to work on the podcast and the next internal podcast we did was don't time track. Correct. <laughs> and so I, I think that that tells the story of BuildWit. It's like we're, we're trying to find the best ways to run this company. I said, I say we like I'm running the company. Uh, as, uh, as a group, everybody we're all it. trying to yeah. run the machine. Yeah, And so... I think that's great that we're that it's it is visible to people who come into the team now to be like, oh wow, here's where we are and here's where we were. And it feels like we're still constantly refining, constantly getting better, constant constantly finding ways that we can all make this this whole thing a little bit better. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say one more thing with the me, Dan Randy thing. Uh, I mean, the conversations we have, we don't talk about anything I wouldn't want to share. To, yeah. the, to the entire business. I mean, we could record them and, and make them podcasts for all I care. Um, it's like, I just want to keep reiterating that there's really nothing secret about what we talk about, how we think. We're really just chewing through our thoughts as you know, leadership team, the three of us throwing different ideas back and forth. And then from there, we get other people involved. Um, so that's all we're really doing when we yep. meet. And the only thing I've cut out from those podcasts is basically... Hey Alex, do this thing. Like, uh, hey, on these? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I cut out. There's no editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for the questions. Keep sending the questions to Alex. 
uh, if you want them confidential, just um, make that specific in your in your note to Alex. And with that, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, y'all.